0: Pyrrho stands in an endless silver desert, the sky a riot of celestial bodies. They are surrounded by mirrors, each showing a different scene reflected behind Pyrrho. In one, a group of aliens resembling sharks with wings work studiously on a fist-sized ruby. In another, a huge and unsettling shape looms from behind the curvature of the earth. And in another, a ruined apex city, a fine grey dust blowing across the landscape and the moon hanging in the sky with a hole straight through the middle. Issue 34, forward and to the left. So, welcome back to Apex City. We open up on a scene of Horus's destroyed sanctum. And in the middle of this, Pyro is still just kind of coming back to consciousness. But we can see that, like... The giant gold pile that is usually there is scattered all over the place. Uh, There's like some broken wood paneling. Uh, Horace's chair, weirdly, is completely intact. And as Pyrrho wakes up, we can see that they are in the middle of a level silver sand desert that just stretches in all directions as far as we can see. In the extreme distance, we can just see the shadow of uh, mountains. And... Above Piro, the sky does not look like our normal night sky. It is much more energetic. You can just see this riot of like celestial bodies, stars in wild like moving orbits, uh, huge nebulas that are forming. And as Piro kind of wakes up, a blue, slightly scaly, slightly clawed hand extends down into the panel, and we can hear a voice that says, Pick yourself up, kiddo. You've got work to do. Piro, what are you doing at this point?
1: Okay, my hand is still broken, yes? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, also, you said that the gold magical items are scattered across this desert? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I would like to take Balthazar's hand and get up and then look in the magic items.
0: Okay, so you're just going to start kind of poking around?
1: Yeah, why not? Okay.
0: Uh, So I tell you what, the way we're going to do this is, are you looking for anything specific?
1: No, I figure I don't really know much about this stuff, so I'm just kind of...
0: More to the point, are you looking for anything to do a specific thing?
1: No, I just know that there might be something useful there. Does that make sense?
0: It kind of does. I think the way that we're going to do this is as an assess the situation.
1: Okay. I got a four.
0: Okay. (laughs) So as you reach out to pick up, let's call it a really fancy-looking sword. Nice. And as you reach out to touch it, it begins to glow kind of red hot, and Balthazar behind you kind of, like, clears his throat. <clears throat> uh, I wouldn't if I were you.
1: Okay, so I I, I put the sword down.
0: Yeah, like, it's, it's more, it's less um, putting it down and more like, if you touched it, this thing was going to burn you.
1: Ah, great. Yes. So, yeah, I'm done with that sword.
0: And so I think Balthazar behind you says, do you, how did you get here?
1: I don't know. There were my, my, my friend who I lost and I found him and I brought him here. And then he started fighting with uh, this lady who already doesn't really like me all that much. And now they're both gone and her stuff is here. And so am I.
0: I think he heads over to you and kind of like pokes you in the forehead with one of his clawed, you know, fingers. <laughs> all right. So let's explain a couple of things then. Do you know where you are?
1: No. Kind of. Not really.
0: Tell me what you think you know.
1: I think I'm still in Horace's sanctum, but I think it's a scary part that I have not seen before.
0: You are wrong. This is not anyone's sanctum. Oh, no. This is called The Space Between. You're going to need some context for this, kiddo, so I tell you what— And he, uh, drags a claw across his palm, and this just thick, black kind of ichor starts oozing out of it. Chris And splashes on the sand, and as it does, a ring of empty mirror frames form around the two of you. Okay. And he waves a hand at one of them. And you can see through it a very strange place with definitely not human creatures. These look like... So imagine if a great white shark had legs and wings.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, okay. I like that.
0: Those, well, you don't really have a great word for them, but I think the closest, uh, the closest you can get is selachii, And those mostly scary-looking aliens are very, mostly harmless. They were the first intelligent species to evolve in this galaxy, and they became so advanced that their science could penetrate the walls of this reality. Now imagine Piro. If you could prevent a catastrophe by finding the one reality where it didn't happen, and then enforcing that probability on your own.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet.
0: Doesn't it? They called it a golden path. And the problem is, though, and he waves a hand and another one lights up, and you can see a huge rip in the sky above this world, and beyond it there are just eyes and teeth and tentacles.
1: Gross. Oh, I know that guy.
0: Problem is, realities don't connect directly to each other. There's a space between. This space, in fact. And you can see in that rip, there's a lot of stuff in there, isn't there? Now look around you. Where did it go? Uh, what? You see that rip above that world? Yes. You see all those scary things inside that?
1: Scary things, yes.
0: That space where those are is where we are now. Do you see big scary things all around you?
1: No. Well, I see one big scary thing.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me. I am nowhere near as large or as scary. But thank you, I am flattered. <laughs> so where do you think, piro that they went?
1: Uh, someplace not good.
0: We're getting there. We're getting a little closer. <laughs> You're correct. Somewhere not good. And he waves another one. And you can see that same world kind of pulled out a little bit. And it is crumbling. Like, it looks like something huge just, like, took a swipe out of it. And this is, you know, a planetary-sized object. So the implications there, if you will, they're here. Uh, that's not good. Because, see, where we are at right now doesn't really have a concept of anything approaching the laws of our reality. And those creatures that used to live here that had long ago given up things like form and scale, our carefully formed, very ordered reality was like a magnet— you see where I'm going with this? Yes. You don't quite yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> now, the Salakii, smart creatures that they were, the few that survived this, realized that they had messed up. So, and he waves another hand, and you can see one of these uh, big shark-dragon creatures mm-hmm. working on a little red fist-sized ruby. Just kind of, like, tinkering around with it. Okay. And kind of across from, you can see this display of a star. Okay. What you did wasn't bring a friend to a friend. You see, they made fail-safes to contain what they let out. Constructs hidden in the hearts of stars or protected behind the event horizons of black holes or scattered an atom at a time in asteroid belts. They call them control gems, and those gems help keep these things asleep, in check. The problem is, if you bring them all together, it can break that lock. You brought two of them together, Piro. Uh,
1: that that's bad. How many are there? Ah oh, no.
0: Which, don't worry, you didn't mess up that badly. There is a failsafe built into the failsafe, which is that if they come together, it is a violent and immediate reaction.
1: Yeah, that's how it felt.
0: So, here's the problem, kiddo. At the moment, the sanctum, which is kind of a doorway from your place to this place, is scattered. You can't go back the way you came. Think of this place like a tunnel and the entrance you came through has collapsed. Great. But, like all good tunnels, there's at least two ways out.
1: Alright.
0: Now, I can help you out here, but I'm gonna warn you. Well, if you if you come out the different end of a tunnel you went in, do you come out the same place you left? No. Yeah, same here. You're gonna be a little forward, and slightly to the left.
1: Like, in-, in- in my new reality? Or no, in the in the, in the old reality. I'm so confused. This is so confusing. Oh, don't worry.
0: You'll get your head around it soon. You're a smart kid.
1: Thanks. You didn't have to say that.
0: But that you're a smart kid, I think you are. I don't think- oh. I don't think my grandson would hang around with dumb people.
1: That's very sweet.
0: Ah, he's a good kid.
1: You're a sweet person,
0: Balthasar and And he kind of laughs, and you can just see, like, rows upon rows of shark teeth in his mouth. (laughs) It is worth remembering that he is a big, demonic-looking figure with, like, a fiery crown and horns. (laughs) Let me show you what you're missing, because this is going to be important for where you're going. And he waves a hand at one more of those empty mirror frames, and you can see within it a couple of flashing scenes. You see uh, your friend Jackie, who is now a, you know, polar bear, with an energetic halo of some sort around their head, and there's just dozens of spectral electric arms reaching out to manipulate various systems, and they appear to be in some sort of high-tech prison facility, because you can see cells with people in them, and then from there it pans outside and you suddenly realize you are on the moon. Or, or at least your friends are, because Darren is on the outside of the moon, outside a very heavy metal door, and you can see air rushing past uh, her into the void, because the hallway that she was in has collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of flips around back to William, and you can see William coming down another one of these hallways that looks like it hasn't collapsed, and standing just in front of him is kind of a lithe, muscled man in prison orange, twirling a plastic spoon in one hand. And as they come to one of those, you know, heavy metal doors, he just steps forward and slashes up and through the door with the spoon. Wow. Balthazar kind of, like, waves a hand and looks back at you. Remember when I said that my grandson didn't hang around with dumb people? I do. Well, sometimes my grandson is dumb people.
1: Yes, true.
0: There's a couple of possibilities right now. Because here's the thing, Pyrrho. And he points at one of the other mirrors, and it slowly pans in on the moon. And you can see a crater that is just absolutely massive. It is eight miles deep. At the bottom of that is kind of this facility where you can see all of those things happening. But just off to the side of that, there is a pit that looks like it is being excavated. You can see, like, drilling machines and excavators, and, like, there's obviously work being done there. And.
1: Next to the prison? Mm hmm. Okay.
0: Not very far away at all. Interesting. And you can see, from this vantage point, a small green gem set in that pit. The way things are going right now, Billy's gonna die. Because remember those... monsters that you saw earlier? Yeah. Well, the heart of that crater is the seal on one of their prisons. And right now, the things inside are starting to wake up, and I'm afraid that that's my fault. By virtue of me being here and William drawing power from me, he's kind of feeding them a little.
1: He's... okay. Alright, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Imagine that you've been asleep for a long time and someone's cooking bacon. It's that kind of thing. They're hungry. Now, don't worry. Your friends are safe-ish. But, now that they're awake, it's only a matter of time. I'm going to send you somewhere, and you're going to have to figure out how to get back.
1: Back here? Or back to reality?
0: Well, you're going to reality, but you need to get back to your point in it. Okay. Because if you don't, well... On the upside, you'll see what happens if you don't. Okay. And he reaches a hand out for you. So, Piro. unfortunately, the only way I can do that is if we make a little deal. I'm in, buddy. And we get that panel, I think. Are you going to shake his hand?
1: Yeah, absolutely. With my broken hand, too.
0: Oh, that's so good. As you do, he kind of closes his eyes, and when he opens them, uh, they are just two points of kind of like blazing blue fire that wreaths around you for a moment. And as it does, your hand starts knitting itself back together. And he goes, that'll be about a month. And he waves a hand and all of the mirrors just swirl around and coalesce into one giant door-shaped mirror. And through that, you can see Apex City. But remember the New Year's party? Yes. That kind of like devastated uh you know gray dust everywhere, buildings crumbling, kind of thing, yes, it's that, oh, best I could do, kid, forward and to the left,
1: all right, I'll take it, oh,
0: one last thing, yes, he kind of like reaches out to take the hand that had the spot on it mm-hmm. hmm, and he looks up at you. How long do you want to live?
1: I've got some stuff to do, but you know, Eddie. Anytime's good, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he blows on it, and it burns for a second, and when you look back, there is a little scorch mark in the center of your palm, but the dot is gone.
1: Aw, oh, he's so sweet.
0: Don't thank me yet. 45 years.
1: 45 years? That's, that's longer than I expected.
0: That's the maximum. Might go down.
1: Oh. Well. Get going, kid. Thanks, buddy. And I'm going
0: to run through the So you run through, and immediately after you break through this mirror, you feel like you're falling. And you tumble over into the middle of Simone Park, which looks like a hurricane hit it. Uh, None of the trees are here anymore. Like, the little pond that used to be there is mostly dry. It is very, very dusty. And you can hear kind of above you this howling perpetual wind. And as you as you look around, I'm gonna give you a couple options here. As you look around, you can definitely see the Heron buildings in the distance. And you know that this is a, you know, huge biomedical technical firm with, you know, hands in everything. Three out of those five buildings are still standing. And only one of them looks to be in any kind of use. All of them look in some kind of disrepair right now. You can see in the distance the Kopi Pyramid, which does at this point in time look to still be more or less intact. And you can see, kind of incongruously off in the distance, there is what looks to be a shimmering golden bubble around a patch of sky that still looks very blue and very nice. So, you've got options. What do you want to do?
1: The golden bubble really catches my eye, but... I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get to this golden bubble in the sky because I'm pretty sure I. Still oh, no, it's don't not. Have it's not.
0: It's not in the sky. It's around oh. a section of like city.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, well, let's go there.
0: Okay, so you're just going to head in that direction. Yeah,
1: why not?
0: As you go, you do see a couple of things, and the first thing that sort of catches your eye is that the farther you get away from city center, the more intact buildings are, and it takes you a second to realize and look up, but. The moon is kind of hanging low in the sky, and there is a hole through the center of it. Okay. And just like this uh, kind of halo of debris around it. And secondly, as you start to get close to this bubble, which you are now realizing is around a relatively posh uh, neighborhood called Claremont. Okay. Which you would know just from living in Apex City. It's it's nice. It's like upper-middle-class suburbs. right? But as you get close to this, you see a group of people, probably six or seven of them and they are moving kind of strangely so the question is what do you do
1: i would like to hide
0: okay are you just gonna hide and kind of like try and let him go past or what is the plan here
1: i'm trying to i'm trying to check him out and see what about them is is weird kind of feel it out if it's safe
0: okay i think weirdly enough i want you to pierce their mask because you're just trying to see what they're about right
1: okay yes
0: so roll plus mundane That's a nine. So, on a seven to nine, you can ask one of these questions. What are you really planning? What do you want me to do? What do you intend to do? How could I get your character to blank? Or how could I gain influence over you?
1: Oh, I like how can I gain influence.
0: So, as you come close to this, you can see that these people look a little bit strange. They've got circuit kind of veins that extend from their eyes down their neck. And you recognize that as being kind of similar to how like Dr. Bahat looked when Overclock took control of him. It's a very similar look, but maybe more so. And they are basically kind of like circling around a part of this barrier, which you can now see on the other side of it. Some people in mostly black, but with blue and chrome accents, it is body armor, and they are holding weapons. And there's an argument going on that kind of comes down to we just want to be in. We just want to be safe. And these people are guarding this barrier that looks very nice inside from these people who look to be kind of circuity. And they are just trying to, like, plead to get in.
1: The circuit eyes people are just pleading
0: to get in? Yes. Yeah. They're not doing anything, uh, you know, overt at this point. They're not, like, attacking or anything. But there is a argument happening uh, that kind of boils down to they want in and the people inside don't want them in. If you help them get inside, you would definitely have influence over them.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm still going to hang back because I, from what I know about every zombie movie I've ever watched, maybe this is not the best situation to choose to help the people with circuit eyes. <laughs> okay. But I'll keep that in mind. So I think I'm going to try to look for another way in to the place with black and chrome armor
0: people. Um, so I think the way we're going to do that is I would like you to assess the situation, because what here can I use to get inside is definitely a question you could ask.
1: Sure. Okay. That is a seven.
0: Okay. So you do get one question. Uh, You could ask that, or you could ask one of those other questions, should you choose.
1: Uh, I'll just, I'll just, what's the best way
0: in? So this barrier is, you know, you can see that it's not, like, a force field. It's just a very thin, like, kind of semi-permeable thing, hence why people are patrolling it. And at one point, it ducks through a building. So in theory, you could go through that to try and, you know, sneak around someone. They probably got someone posted in there, but it doesn't look like it's, it's like a, you know, like a house. So it's not a huge building. Sure. But you happen to know this house because you used to squat in this house. Oh my god. And you know uh, that there is a crawl space through the cellar that comes out uh, in kind of a hard to see place.
1: Okay, yeah. Let's do that.
0: As you go in, you can hear outside uh, this argument kind of getting to a head, and you hear a couple of gunshots, Oh no! and then, like, rapidly running footsteps, and you don't know whether someone got shot or whether uh, this was, like, a warning shot, but it doesn't sound great. Yeah. So you come out the other side, and, well, first off, it's a little bit warmer in here because it was slightly chilly outside. It feels and smells nicer. Because one thing we didn't talk about is that there is this fine gray dust that's just sort of floating around everywhere outside the barrier. It's not in here. Okay. And and thirdly, uh, when you come out on the nearby wall of this house, and in fact on a lot of the walls of nearby buildings, you can see uh, posters. Okay. The first one you see is a poster of Axiom, uh, like hands on hips traditional hero pose, but at the bottom it just says conform okay and you can see uh another picture of a slightly different looking guy this is a uh kind of like a husky built uh filipino guy in his probably 60s and he is wearing a uh he's wearing a costume that kind of looks like it looks like if the filipino flag just lost most of its color so there's a deep chrome V at the neck, uh, there's half blue, and the other half is black. And then from waist down, he is just wearing like very obvious like black tactical pants. And, nice. And he's pointing at it like that Uncle Sam kind of poster, pointing at you, and it says join the regime today or else. <laughs> okay. And you can see uh, you know, a couple of patrols inside this uh, barrier, but no one seems to have noticed you quite yet. So the question is, what do you do?
1: I'm going to hide again. Sure. I think I'm just probably going to duck behind the first thing I see.
0: Okay. Let's just say you duck behind, like, a car. Okay. And uh, at the moment, there are just, like I said, some patrols going by. No one has seen you quite yet. No one is actively looking for you, so that's, you know, helpful. Where are you going from here?
1: I kind of want to listen, like, try to maybe scoot a little closer to a patrol so I can hear a little bit more, because I'm still trying to feel out, like... I don't know anything about this, so I I don't want to make friends with bad dudes.
0: Sure. So you're just trying to, like, eavesdrop a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So you eavesdrop on a couple of soldiers who are uh, walking around patrolling the barrier. Uh, You can see that they are definitely carrying, like, not stun guns or not, like, blaster, but, like, these are just assault rifles. And they're sort of talking between each other. And I think the way I want to do this is for you to pierce the mask. So roll plus mundane, and we'll get some questions going.
1: That's a nine.
0: Okay, so you get to ask one question off of that.
1: I want to know what they're really planning.
0: Okay. As they're talking, one of them kind of looks over towards that little section of barrier that you had initially seen with, like, the the circuitry people trying to get in. And he's like, I don't know why Nightfall tells us to give him a warning shot first. We should just, you know, take him out, right? It's not like they're going to get any better and they're never going to stop trying to get in here. Uh, And the other one kind of goes, yeah... Yeah, I mean, maybe next time my finger just slips, right? And they kind of laugh at each other, right? so
1: rude. Okay. Yeah, I don't like these guys. <laughs> okay. Can I sneak back out? Yeah, probably. All right, I would like to go back to circuitize.
0: You're just kind of going to leave the barrier? Yeah. So as you, you know, wiggle back through your little hidey hole, right? You get back outside, and it is immediately different, like, Now that you've been inside a normal, like, seeming place, the difference really, really hits you. Sure. It's like being in a sleet storm, but not as cold. There's just, like, little pieces of grit impacting your skin all the time. Okay. And you can feel, like, you're obviously breathing this stuff in. It doesn't feel great. Those people that you had seen earlier did scatter after that shot, so they're not in, like, immediate view. Um, If you're looking for them specifically, I think this might be... I think this might actually be an unleash your powers to extend your senses, which granted your powers are not working great right now, but I think that's the closest we can get. So go ahead and roll plus freak.
1: That's eleven.
0: Okay, so yeah, you do it. Yeah. So just tell me how you're going to go about looking for them, and we'll we'll get to that.
1: Oh, I, okay. So I can can I can I mine for this? You can try Is that narratively. Okay, I would like to mine binoculars.
0: And I and I think it works. And I think um, as you do. It's definitely, they only exist for, you know, like a minute or so, but you do see some trails that lead off towards some, you know, nearby buildings. Uh, You do actually see someone kind of huddling inside one, looking out a window at you. It's an older woman, like maybe early 60s. And you can see that, you know, she has extensive uh, circuitry, like just all over her face and like even down her arms, like almost to her hands. And she is just looking at you like, what the hell is this? She's not approaching. She looks honestly a little bit afraid of you. Okay. What do you do?
1: I'm going to put my hands up and like kind of be like I'm I'm not a I'm not a threat. Like I'm not trying to hurt
0: you. Uh and she kind of like looks around to make sure that there's no guards immediately watching and then like like motions towards you to to come over there.
1: Okay, yeah, so I'm going to run over
0: there. As you get over there, uh she like pulls a board off of a window and you know like has you crawl inside. Uh, and once you're back in, she puts that back up and then like another one on top of it so that uh, no one can come back in here and then looks over at you and like reaches out and just stops just short of touching your face and then like pulls her hand back where did where did you come from? you're not you're not hacked
1: yeah, it's a it's a long it's a long story. I got here through a space between realities, but the short answer is i'm 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 from the past. I think.
0: And she kind of, wait, that's possible.
1: Let's go with very unlikely.
0: And she, she stops for a second and then she shakes her hand. She shakes her her head and like reaches out a hand to, to kind of shake ears. My name is Patricia.
1: Patricia. That's a, that's a, that's a nice name.
0: Are you just going to, are you actually going to shake her hand or are you going to leave her there?
1: I'm going to look at her hand and kind of like look at her and be like, can I really touch
0: this? Oh, and she definitely sees that moment and then, like, kind of looks down, like she's almost ashamed of herself and shoves her hand back in her pocket.
1: Hey, no, and it's she's okay. she's like, I
0: don't- it's okay, I don't blame you. A lot of people think that it- but I no. promise, it's not- it's not contagious like that. Um,
1: I'm gonna- I'm gonna show her the scorch mark on my- on my hand.
0: He's like, oh, you- you- you hurt yourself. Well-
1: I am- I am familiar.
0: And she kind of leads you back towards a little, like, kitchenette kind of area that's set up, and I say kitchenette, but it's obviously like a remodeled convenience store front that's got like a hot plate that's plugged into a, a generator, oh. and like a bunch of canned foods. Oh. When did you eat last? We don't have a lot, but and she starts like opening a can of beans.
1: Oh no, no, I'm okay. I I don't need to eat right now. You can save your. Food.
0: And uh, she kind of looks back. Are Are you sure? You said you're you're from the past. It must have been a an awful long trip for you.
1: No, not really it's it's really strange and really weird i'm I'm trying to get I'm not trying to stay here long so I don't feel like I need a meal quite yet she kind
0: of nods i I don't blame you I'm sorry that you had to come to this place
1: oh oh it's okay it, it I, I, maybe I had to and uh maybe I was supposed to that's what I mean
0: and I think she kind of like nods and she looks back over at you and you just do you have a way back do you have a way to leave
1: I'm trying to find one
0: and she kind of nods and she rubs the side of her face and, like, just kind of, like, she realizes that she's picking at the, cir- the the circuitry and then it kind of, like, stops herself. Well, if you do find a way, you let me know.
1: Oh, absolutely. Can you tell me what's going on here?
0: She looks back at you. Nothing good. What do you, what do you know?
1: The last thing that I remember from my time is two people violently fighting in I don't know if you know Horace, but in Horace's sanctum
0: and when you say when you say Horace she just kind of like spits on the ground. yeah, we know Horace.
1: okay yeah uh, well Horace and my friend Todd Roman were fighting because they both have little gems in them that react very violently when you put them together I guess and then I got knocked into a sand dimension.
0: And for a second, she looks at you like, are you being... And then she shakes her head, like, you know what, I can believe anything at this point. Well, your friend Horace is who put the hole in the damn moon.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, so, uh,
0: you know, maybe if you do get back, try and avert that?
1: Yeah, uh, uh. I I can do that. I can give it my best shot.
0: And she kind of sits down. Where do I even start with this? So... You may have noticed that barrier. Yeah. It's the last habitable piece of this city and the regime protects it pretty jealously. Only certain people get to live inside, only uninfected people. Not not us.
1: I kind of saw that. I uh kind of snuck in there.
0: And she kind of looks over at you like in her eyes wide, how, how is it? Does it is it nice?
1: It is it is nice.
0: And she kind of, like, nods. I I thought it might be. I don't know how to explain this, but... And she kind of looks over at you, and I think we get a couple of panels of her as a much, much younger uh, kid watching the news and that fight with Bulletproof, and it's like something clicks in in her head. Uh, because that was the one and only time to date that you have been caught on camera doing heroing aside from like, you know, Todd Roman videos.
1: Right. That, that would be on the internet. Oh she, oh, she recognizes me. Right. I love it.
0: And, and she's just like, wait, I know you.
1: Uh, I'm going to do a little bow. And then I'm going to say, uh, at your service.
0: And I think she stands up and, um, heads over, uh, towards, like, one of the um, convenience store, like, cases that used to hold, like, drinks, but obviously there's no power at this point, so it's just, like, a big empty case. And uh, she takes out a, uh, a little journal, and you can tell that she's choking up a little bit, and she brings it over to you, and she kind of hands it out over in your directions. Like, what? We always wondered what happened to you. And you you can see inside there's, like, a bunch of newspaper clippings, and some of them are, like, what happened to Mew Morris, uh, or what happened to Piro? And uh, there's like pictures of your parents, you know, like giving a news conference. There's actually uh, a couple of pictures of Todd Roman, and he looks more or less okay. But you can you can tell by the date that these were taken after you left. Right.
1: Okay. So okay, Todd's alive. That's good.
0: I never would have guessed.
1: Yeah, I never would have guessed either that I uh, would come to the future.
0: And she she thinks for a second. Okay. I think I know where I need to take you. I think I think I know how to help you.
1: Oh, oh my god. All right. Cool. Yeah. I can show you how to get into the into the nice place if you want.
0: You know what? That would be fantastic.
1: Okay, and I'm going to I'm going to hold out my hand to offer her a deal.
0: And she's definitely going to shake your hand. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh definitely take influence over Patricia. Uh, Just note that Patricia lives in the future. Okay. (laughs) And as you shake her hand, I think we get a couple of panels of you just, like, showing her, like, that little, like, crawl space that goes through the basement of that little house that you used to squat in. And then uh, she nods, and we get a couple of panels of the two of you walking through the city. And she is wearing, like, a dust mask and a scarf wrapped around the bottom of her face. And uh, in these panels, you you are wearing a very similar one. She has given you one.
1: Aww, which
0: definitely helps. She is also wearing, like, a jacket with a pretty hefty hood, which unfortunately she only has one of. So oh, okay. you're sort of left to do what you can there. Yeah, you take that, Patricia. But um, as we panel out of this particular issue, we see the two of you approaching a building that looks like an old municipal water building. And out front of it, there is... A young woman in a leather jacket with a stun gun on one hip, and we get a panel under that says, Jesse Clips, Leader of the Resistance. Nice. And we will see you next issue. The New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of endless silver deserts, demonic time travel, and secret histories. Give it a look through a magic mirror, then buy it with money. The Salakii appear courtesy of Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at super one He MCs St. Flair Pod, the best Urban Shadows podcast in the Midwest. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. You can find her on Twitter at 1-800-TOD. William Infernis is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is would by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or a time portal to the future. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.